Welcome to Asia Rising, a podcast of Latrobe Asia, where we discuss news, views, and general happenings of Asian states and societies. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Roach, Senior Research Fellow in the Department of Politics, Media, and Philosophy at Latrobe University and a Latrobe Asia Fellow. The United Nations has declared 2022 as the start of the International Decade of Indigenous Languages. And to mark this occasion, we'll be taking three episodes of Asia Rising to examine issues relating to the politics of Indigenous languages in Asia. Joining me on our third episode to discuss this is Mong Ting Nhu. He's a research scientist at New York University, the founder of the NGO Our Golden Hour, and an advisor to UNESCO on issues of Indigenous languages. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Mo. Greetings, everyone. I say greetings in five indigenous languages of Chittagong Hill Tracks that I'm familiar with. I am truly humbled and honored for this invitation. I would also like to acknowledge the land where I am standing on now, the land of indigenous Lenape people of Manahata, and also the land where I come from, which is the Chittagong Hill Tracks, land of 14 indigenous groups of uh, Chittagong Hill Tracks in Bangladesh. And these places have long served as places for meeting and exchanging ideas among nations. So I honor those who are in the past, who are in the present, and also who will be coming in the future. Thanks so much, Mong. You've already told us in your opening comments where you're from and where we'll be talking about, and that's the Chittagong Hill Tracts. And I'm just wondering if for the listeners, you could give a bit more background on where that part of the world is, what are the languages that are spoken there, and who are the people who live in the Chittagong Hill Tracks? Chittagong Hill Tracks is a mountainous region in southeastern corner of Bangladesh, bordering with India and Myanmar. 14 indigenous groups of people call this place home. There are Marma, there are Chakma, there are Murong, Tonchenya, Banko, Lushai, Bonjugi, Bom, Chak, and many others. And I come from Marma, indigenous communities from the Chittagong Hill Tracks. But if you think of the overall Bangladesh, uh, Bangladesh has approximately 54 indigenous groups. Today, I will focus only on the indigenous people of Chittagong Hill Tracks knowing that similar issues confronted by indigenous people in other parts of Bangladesh. You've mentioned several times you've used this term indigenous to refer to those 14 peoples of the Chittagong Hill Tracts. And I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how relevant that term and that concept of indigenous is to the people of that area. Do they consider themselves indigenous? Do they think about their languages as indigenous? The answer is yes. Historically, the indigenous people in the Chiragong Hill Tracks in Marma language use the word Tong Sa. Tong means mountains and Sa means people who live there. So Tong Sa literally means mountain people. In Bangla, 
The word is Adibashi. This is the word you will hear from India also, because Bangla has a linguistic similarity, languages of Indo-Aryan language. So Adibashi means indigenous people. So when we communicate with people in Bangladesh, who are the Bengali people who speak first language in Bangla, we identify ourselves, say we are Adibashi, the indigenous people of these 14 indigenous groups. They also uh, collectively identify as indigenous people. Okay, so you've told us a little bit about how local groups consider themselves as indigenous and how they are considered indigenous at the national level. Since we're talking about the United Nations International Decade of Indigenous Languages, and since you have some connection with UNESCO, I'm wondering if you could tell us whether those local and national concepts of being indigenous also connect to an international or a transnational level. Are Indigenous people in the Chittagong Hills involved with those international networks, United Nations mechanisms, and so on regarding Indigenous people? Very good question. So national level of Indigenous is contested. The Bangladesh constitution, which was founded in 1971, doesn't recognize the existence of Indigenous people in the country. This is something that the indigenous people of Chittagong Hill Tracks and also indigenous people in other parts of Bangladesh contest that this is not recognizing indigenous people other than the dominant Bengali majority group. So in the Article 9 of Bangladesh Constitution says, the unity and solidarity of Bengali nation, which deriving its identity from its language and culture, attain sovereign, independent Bangladesh through a united and determined struggle from war of independence shall be the basis of Bengali nationalism. So what you see in this whole sentence, there is a recognition of language struggle, which I can come back and share with you more, that Bengali nationalism is recognized in the constitution. There is nowhere in this indigenous people. And I think when the indigenous people of Chittagong Hiltrex wrote in the newspaper articles or protested on the street, what Bangladesh has done is officially bar the word indigenous to be used in official documents. And there are many stages. I will just share two of them. So one is Chittagong Hiltrex has an administrative committee they issued a letter to the head of all three hill districts and circle chiefs, meaning that indigenous chiefs, we have chiefs, imposing restriction on using the term Adibashi in regarding to distribute any certificate to citizenship or any official purposes. That's one. Let me share with another one. Over a period of time, there are NGOs the local NGO, meaning that NGOs in Bangladesh, but also international NGOs have been working with the communities in the Chittagong Hill Tracks. The NGO Affairs Bureau wrote a letter saying that according to the Article 23 of the Constitution of Bangladesh, no community has been identified as Adibashi. 
So that means that any NGOs willing to operate in Bangladesh cannot use the word or should be refrained from using the word Adibashi. Now, they further added, you know, considering the reality of the Chirigo Hill tracks, the word Adibashi slash mean or indigenous is also threat to the national security. So what it means that not only just people in the Chirigong Hill tracks, uh, 14 groups, but all the indigenous groups in Bangladesh who identify themselves as Adibashi, their existence is not recognized in the constitution, but also it is repeatedly imposed through official documents barring NGOs and other international organizations not to use it in the context of Jitong Hill Tracks. That brings me to the next question that you asked in the international forum. I had the opportunity to work with people in UNESCO and UNESCO has a policy of the word indigenous or understanding the term indigenous. UNESCO's policy is not to say this group indigenous or this group is not indigenous. What UNESCO have told us and to the world is that it is a self-identification as indigenous people. A group of people, they have the right to self-identify whether they are indigenous or not. And there are some recommended criteria, historical continuity with pre-colonial and or pre-settler societies. That's number one. Number two is strong link to territories and surrounding natural resources. Then a distinct social, economic, and political system distinct language, culture, and beliefs from the non-dominant groups of society and resolve to maintain and reproduce their ancestral environment and the system as distinctive peoples and communities. So if you think of this UNESCO criteria or guideline, and also that the communities have the right to self-identify, the indigenous people have the right anywhere in the world if you ask Bangladeshi people, do you have indigenous people in your country? Many of them will say yes, because they know that there are people who call themselves Adibashi and also their language and cultures and distinct from the rest of the majority. And they have been living there for hundreds of hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. However, the constitution and the government policies contradict. So that's why I use the word, it is contested. So if an NGO needs to work in Bangladesh, they have to work with the government policies. Okay, thanks for giving us an overview there of the politics of indigeneity in, in Bangladesh and the Chittagong Hill tracks. I'd like to turn now to the question of language, and I'm wondering how all of these issues play out in the field of language for the people of the Chittagong Hill Tracts. How are those languages doing at present? What are some concerns that people perhaps have about their languages there? So the languages of Chittagong Hill Tracts, they are distinct from the national language, which is Bangla. That means that textbooks, all the communications are in national 
language. It is not the same for all indigenous groups. For example, Chakma, another indigenous group, I am Marma, so Chakma, Marma, population varies from say 300,000 to 250,000. Now there are some other indigenous groups such as Mro, their population is down to say 40 to 50,000. Why I was able to say five indigenous languages at the beginning of this? Because this is the reality of indigenous people. That means that we live in a multilingual world. Even though the government tried to give the impression is that this is a monolingual country. So the indigenous people have lived together in harmony for so many uh, hundreds of years. Part of it because you learn each other language from early on. So my first language is Marma. My second language is Chakma. So I learned the other languages even before I step foot any school setting. And in the school setting, it is only in Bangla. So Bangla is not my second language. For many indigenous people, the national language is often third or fourth language. Now, from 1947, meaning the since the time it was under Pakistan and the times of Bangladesh, the indigenous people realized that gradually, gradually, their languages are pushed to the brink of extinction. Because until these nation states were born, the indigenous people communicated using their own languages. I have seen many of our grandmas and grandfathers um, recite oral stories in poetic verses. These are not just a short story. These are like Homer, Eliot, and Odessi type of stories. They can sing for hours and hours. But how do they learn it? Because some of them written it down in our indigenous languages. So that means that the indigenous languages that survive through millennia within a short period of 50 or 70 years push to the brink of extinction. So in Moro community, we have found probably less than 30 who can read and write in our own language, including Marma, Chakma, Moro, all people combined. I have found less than 500 people. Now, this is 500 out of close to a million people. What it means that less than 1% people today know how to read and write in our language. Part of it is because the national language policy put only one language-based curricula. So a child grows up, goes to school, and the only language they learn how to read and write is in Bangla. Even though they speak other languages at home, and gradually, gradually, they are using more and more Bangla words in their own languages, which we call it in academia translinguism, right? So you are bringing the words. So language policy combined with non-recognition of indigenous status, uh, contributing to the demise of indigenous languages. So I think there are some efforts and I can speak more about that, yeah. 
Yeah, thanks. That's exactly what I would like to turn to in my next question. Uh, we have this situation that you've described where there is a crisis of Indigenous languages in the Chittagong Hills, reduced number of speakers, uh, limited literacy, limited capacity to learn the written languages and so on. That exists in the context of the promotion of linguistic nationalism in Bangla, contestation of indigeneity, limitations on transnational and international networks, capacity to participate in those. So in that situation, what are people in the Chittagong Hills able to do to support their languages and to promote those forms of multilingualism that in the past supported all of those languages? The language status and also recognition of indigenous status makes a difference. So what is the irony in the case of Bangladesh is that the country takes pride of Mother Language Day, which is 21st February, celebrated with much fanfare, but ignore the other mother languages within the country. This is what I call it a classic case where language oppressed become language oppressor. What communities can do or have done, right? So there are two, three types of activities that I have seen. So one is grassroots community work. That means that community members come together, create learning materials, open school, or create a after-school program to learn in their mother tongue. And from my own organization, which is our Golden Hour, uh, we publish a multilingual children's book. We have multilingual picture dictionaries. Recently, in the Chitton Hill Tracks, we have Indigenous Film Festival, which is a very good sign, is that they are using the media. They are creating short films in Indigenous languages. And then some of these are for the children. But now I have seen adults go to the school in the weekend or in a public place. It can be a Buddhist temple or it could be some other common place where they're learning from the community members who act as a teacher and then go through this very elementary like alphabets. What are the alphabets? And then what are the simple words? And then so and so forth. So these kind of activities are happening. Now let's move to the second type of uh, work that I have seen, which is the international NGOs. So SIL, uh, one of the international NGOs have been to Chittagong Hill Tracks and they work with the communities to advise or to assist in language revitalization activities. There is another NGO that have worked in the Children Hill Tracks language revitalization, which is called Save the Children. They have created educational materials for pre-K and indigenous language base in three or four languages. I think there is more and more awareness when people come to the street to protest. If you see the banner of the protest signs, some of them are in Bangla and some of them are in indigenous languages. Why it is important? Social linguists will say the elevation of the social status of a language 
plays an important role in the motivation of learning the language. When you see the indigenous film festival, that provides a motivation for the younger children that their languages are valued in the community. However, I would say that without financial investment, as well as policy changes, this has been an uphill battle. It hasn't scaled up for the broader use in the community. So we have much more work to do. That provides us a nice segue to my last question about more work to do and the future of Indigenous languages in the Chittagong Hill Tracts. You've described a number of different types of projects that are currently taking place there, educational initiatives, different NGOs, efforts to raise the status of these languages and their visibility in public. Given that we're at the start of an entire decade dedicated to Indigenous languages, what are some things that you would like to see happen in the next 10 years for the Indigenous languages of the Chittagong Hills? I would say that when it comes to Chittagong Hill Treks, and also I think this is probably in many parts of the world, it is now or never. This is not a one-size-fits-all for all communities in the world because the language vitality status are different in different communities in the different contexts. First, we need to strengthen what we have. That means that those who speak, make sure that they don't lose it. Also, they can learn to read and write. So becoming speaker to literate, strengthening what we have. The second would be developing new speakers. I had the opportunity uh, when I was doing my doctoral work at Harvard to visit Professor Noam Chomsky. And then I share our concern, uh, what is happening to our indigenous languages. First, he said, it is possible to revitalize the language. He said, you should start with children. Make sure that they learn in their mother tongue. If I would like to see what happens 10 years from now, it is that children have the opportunity to learn, to sing, and to dance in indigenous languages. And they can do it if we create an opportunities for them. We design a school curriculum where, yes, we will teach Bangla, but also we will start with the indigenous languages because over 70 years of study in the child language development shows that the child learns best if you start them in the languages they speak at home. Kindergarten or pre-kindergarten should not be in Bangla. It should be in their mother tongue. And then gradually, gradually, you can decide whether you want to have a truly bilingual program or transitional bilingual program. I also like to see more textbooks based on not only just indigenous language, but it brings the indigenous culture. There is no point taking a, a story from another culture and just translating to indigenous language and tell them to read about it. And that is the beginning of my work, publishing children's book based on the oral stories of indigenous peoples, because 
children see their grandmothers represented in the textbook. Children see people like their father working in the field in the textbook. It is important for children to see their community, their culture is represented. The language and culture are mutually influencing each other. And then language and culture also then collectively influence our identity. And I hope that indigenous languages are represented in more and more social context too. That means that say indigenous films, indigenous road sign, the way to engage young generation is critical here. Like many parts of the world, the young generation are digital natives. They love to use the technology, social media. So I think that more of the indigenous languages' presence in the social media. The last thing I would say this, there has been a narrative, I might say dehumanizing narrative against indigenous people in many parts of the world. That comes from racism, that comes from colonial mindset, that comes from ethnocentrism, and in many other forms in different countries and contexts. I'll give you an example in the context of Bangladesh. So Bangladesh doesn't have indigenous people officially. So who are we? So who are these people? How these people are recognized? The term have been used in the past is called upojati. Jati in Bangla means nation. So Bengali people will say, this is Bengali Jati. When it comes to Chiragong Hill Tracks people, they are called Upo Jati. The word Upo has the meaning of inferior. It is not just us versus them. It is about creating a group superior versus inferior. The latest official word of the indigenous people used in Bangladesh is called Kudro Nigosti. So Kudro means tiny or small, small group of people, right? This kind of narrative introduced very early on. Put yourself in a position of an eight-year-old child. The teacher says, you are Jati, you are Bengali Jati, and you are pointing the finger to other child say, you are Upajati. How does it make you feel? This is in the textbook. I emphasize the textbook because it is made into the policy where the teachers have no option, indigenous people. So I think the policy will change, or I hope at some point people will realize that it is a word that is dehumanizing, that is um, so antiquated and old that we should strive for a better future for all of us. Thank you so much, Mong Ting Nyu. Uh, that was a fascinating conversation and I really learnt a lot from you and I appreciate the time you've taken to explain all of that to us. You've been listening to Asia Rising, a podcast from Latrobe Asia. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all accessible podcasting platforms. I also encourage everyone listening to have a look at Mongting News organization that he founded, Our Golden Hour. You can find them at ourgoldenhour.org. You can also find us all on Twitter. Mongting New is at M-T-O-G-H-N. I am at G. Joseph Roach. 
and Latrobe Asia is at Latrobe Asia. Thank you very much for listening. 